In the headlines tonight, Intelligence Service Royal Commission tackles irregularities in ASIO's most recent bulk order of sunglasses, earpieces, and badly fitting suits. Champagne spilled at golf club after owners reveal that new multi-million dollar 18-hole course expansion means playing the original nine holes backwards. And atheists protest construction of church. Christianity? It's all a bit daft, isn't it? This is your 108.3 EARFM local and state news, coming to you live from Stirling, livable capital of Eastern Australia, with your host, Walter Conrad. Good evening. The big news today is one of the stalwarts of topics for Australian news reporting, the weather. It's been very warm today, and people haven't failed to notice it. All across Stirling, people have been dramatically exhaling and wiping glistening brows, raising their eyebrows to each other to share in mutual discomfort at the heat. We go over to special reporter Archie Duster for more. Thanks, Walter. It's hot today. While not Stirling's hottest day on record, the Bureau of Meteorology assures us that it's indeed pretty hot. Back to you. Thank you, Archie. We'll be giving you more on this hot... Hot weather over the course of the bulletin. For now, however, we'll turn towards less pressing matters, including politics and local affairs. Moving to financial news, and according to a report issued by the Reserve Bank today, prices are expected to rise. We go over to our financial correspondent, Perry Emerson, with the Gold Standard Banking Group, for more. Markets have been shaken today with the Reserve Bank's troubling announcement that prices are expected to rise. As a result of this, it's currently anticipated that the monetary values of things will be increasing. It is expected that things may cost more as a consequence. The expected time frame for this rise is at some point. Consumer groups have expressed opinions, and that's finance. No, that was a separate report, not the actual finance segment. Never mind. In news that should shock no one, reports are coming in that TV may in fact be dead. Senior entertainment correspondent Alex Fink has more. Well, if it isn't dead, Walter, it's at least desperately gasping for life. This news comes as commercial stations struggle to come up with new or exciting reality TV shows and yet refuse to pay for scripted television. I spoke with the owner of Sterling's 5 and 8 networks, Dave Goliath. TV is as strong as ever, and we have some amazing reality shows starting up next year that every Australian can relate to. Like, regional special education teacher wants a Tinder date. And of course, people watching people watching TV. And I know we're all looking forward to the crossover special, people watching people watching regional special education teacher wants a Tinder date. And how do you think your industry should face challenges such as internet streaming services like the one run by the public broadcaster? Oh, that's not even a thing. If online streaming's so successful, then why is the public broadcaster facing budget cuts? Besides, ads are the best part. Well, that's true. Ads are the best part. There were flutterings online today when the results for the 2015 Best Capital City on the Eastern Side of Australia poll were announced. We go over now to Preston Barclay at the offices of the Stirling Tourism Board. I'm with Russell Box, Managing Director of the Board. Mr Box, how pleased are you with Stirling's place in the poll? Well, 
We beat Canberra. And do you take any comfort from the fact that it's estimated that at least 90% of all voters voted for their own city, thus making the poll more of a population than popularity contest? Well, this poll proves that the people of Stirling love Stirling, so people who aren't from Stirling could learn to love it too, with the right funding. Are you going to be taking these results to the state government? Oh, absolutely, as well as to meetings with potential corporate sponsors. They'd be fools to overlook the fact that Stirling is clearly the fourth most popular capital city on the eastern side of Australia. And what do you say to those who think that the vote was unfairly skewed by not including Hobart? Hobart doesn't count. Have you seen Hobart? Calling it a city's pushing it a bit, don't you think? Anyway, Tasmania isn't Australia. It's just part of the Commonwealth of Australia. It's two different things, Preston. It's more on the south of Tasmania anyway. By that logic, isn't Melbourne on the south of Australia? Yeah, but you've got to include Melbourne. Otherwise, Sydney would win every time. Speaking of which, which city did actually win out of Melbourne and Sydney? We're not sure, actually. Every time the announcer tried to reveal the runner-up, either the Sydney or Melbourne representative ran onto the stage and tackled him. Got a bit ridiculous after a while. Sydney has a larger population, doesn't it? So surely it would win. How should I know? I didn't run the damn competition. Jesus. This is Preston Barkley for EARFM. Popular Wild West-themed bar The High Noon Saloon is under a 48-hour operations ban this weekend, resulting from a brawl that broke out last night. The brawl was one of many staged events used to create a sense of authenticity and immersion for patrons of the themed bar. The brawlers reportedly plagiarised lines from a Western movie. Acting Assistant Deputy Police Vice Commissioner Alistair Daniels spoke to the press about the incident this morning. Copyright infringement, plagiarism, or unauthorised quoting for profit, as it is also known, is a serious crime. At the behest of the Plato's Cave movie studio, Sterling PD has temporarily shut down the High Noon Saloon for stealing intellectual property. At this time, I would like to remind the public that the Australian movie industry is struggling in this age of piracy and will stop at nothing to make money from its intellectual property. Please keep movie quoting to a minimum, because everything you say will be used against you in a court of law. Most likely, that nice old one in the CBD. More local news now, and in what some are calling a knee-jerk reaction, Sterling Mayor Gary Forward has offered a $100 per kill pigeon hunting reward in the CBD, following being defecated upon by one of the birds yesterday while he was on the way to a meeting. Or oh, there are menace, bloody rats with wings, killing's too good for him. 200 if you bring me one alive. You know how much this suit cost? The Sterling Society for the Protection and Care of Animals has, perhaps unsurprisingly, condemned the mayor's statements. Pigeons have just as much a right to life as any of us. You know who we should be hunting? The damn politicians! Bunch of corrupt bastards! Stop cutting our funding! Given the lack of purpose-built hunting weapons in Sterling, it's unclear how this reward will be collected. Although I've heard giving them Panadol makes them dissolve or something. Who the hell figured that out? More news after this. 
Need something to pick you up in the morning? Try Moctezuma's Aztec Coffee. It's full of all the caffeine you need to artificially increase your heart rate and stimulate your brain when you really should have just sorted your life out so that you could go to bed earlier. Moctezuma's Aztec Coffee. All the stimulation of Mesoamerica right here in Sterling. Your productivity will be up by some percent. Struggling to get affordable legal representation? Struggling to get justice for your cause? Consider vigilantism. And in a surprise segment now, American film actor Joel Diamond, husband of local sterling supermodel Jessica Falconer, is in the studio with us now. We didn't actually invite him onto the show, but my producer Keith insisted we make the most of the opportunity. Mr. Diamond, why are you here? Uh, I got bored waiting for my wife to go shopping, saw this building, thought I'd see what was going on inside. Right. Uh, so do you have a new film out? To be honest with you, I've got no idea what you've been in. I mostly watch old Humphrey Bogart. Uh, I'm gonna start filming a new movie in a couple of weeks, I think. What's it about? Spies or something. I think. I see. So, uh... What segments do you have on this show? Uh, this is the news, actually, so we mostly just have the news. Uh Uh-huh. So, how'd you get into acting? Was it a school-age thing? Did you uh, go to one of those big acting schools in the States? Uh, I was approached by an agent when I was working behind a bar in Miami. Sounds very fortunate. Hmm? You were lucky. Oh, sure, sure. So, uh, what brings you to Australia? Uh, besides your wife, I mean. Uh, my accountant says it's good if I spend a couple of weeks here every year. Right. Uh, and... Oh, it looks like Mr. Jimon's PA has found him now, and... Off he goes. Right. Anyway, back to the news. In other news, my favourite cafe is now selling Nutella Mocha Cronut Thick Shakes. Could someone run down and pick one up for me? The combined local councils of the Stirling area have announced that there will be a city and suburban illegal curbside dumping grace period this weekend with the stated purpose of just getting it over with. Brandon Tendrell from the Council Cooperation Programme gave a statement to the press this morning. Frankly, we're all getting a bit sick of seeing discarded couches and mattresses and stuff all over the place. No one wants to see that. You know, they still get rained on like everything else, right? So let's just get it over with. Bring out all your crap, dump it on the side of the road wherever you like, and on Monday morning, we'll arduously scour every street in the city and pick it all up. But after that, zero tolerance. If I see a single mattress getting mouldy on the side of the street, I'm putting the whole city on probation. Until whoever did it confesses. It was you, wasn't it? Turning to politics now, and the state opposition came up with their second policy today, which now accounts for two since the 2013 election. Opposition leader Arthur Kelpie spoke to the press outside Stirling Parliament House. We, on the opposition, have been thinking seriously about how we can best provide constructive representation during our time out of government. 
What we have decided is that we will oppose the government at every turn. Not just a little bit, not just sort of, at every turn. You heard me, at every turn. Isn't that what you already do? At every turn. There was controversy concerning the state communication minister Jack Temby today when questioned on how his department expected to handle rising parcel costs in an increasingly competitive online marketplace. Well, we need to think of it this way, right? Why has ordinary physical mail gone out of use? Email. So what do we need to do about parcels? E-parcels. What do you mean? Like when Australia Post tracks your parcel online? What I mean is, we can send letters through the internet. Logically, we can send parcels through the internet. What do you mean through the internet? I envisage stores being able to transform their products into electronic signals that will pass through the internet to people's homes and then reform. No need for expensive delivery. Reform? You know, like in Star Trek. Minister, is this a realistic solution to the state's postal issues? It's only a matter of time. I think you'll find that they're already doing it in Japan. In environmental news, plans were unveiled today by the state government for Eastern Australia's first solar power facility. Environment Minister Michael Shower spoke to the press at midday. We're sure everyone will be pleased with this new clean energy solution for our state. If you look at this diagram kindly provided for me to interpret by our experts, you'll see that this facility is twofold. Firstly, there is a 10,000 hectare array of solar panels in the state's Great Western Bowl, a notoriously unused area of outback eastern Australia, now seeing practical employment for the first time. The second part of this facility, however, is what gives us the true advantage. This 50 metre high weather control tower will keep the area free of any interfering cloud cover so that the sunlight can shine on our panels all day. It's the perfect answer to concerns about solar's dependence on fair weather. What's the weather control tower powered by? Coal. And that's the best part. Now our existing fossil fuel energy is contributing to this clean power solution. It's a win-win. Doesn't your wife work for Sterling Coal? I fail to see how that's relevant. How does a weather control tower even work? In an attempt to lessen the budget crisis for Sterling schools, State Education Minister Slim Pickings has proposed legislation that will stop schools from spending money on classroom items. Mr Pickings argues that the anti-protractor bill, named after one of the items schools will no longer have access to, will save schools hundreds of dollars and will not have a measurable effect upon the education of students who try hard enough. Tom Catern, leader of the Farmers Alliance Party, had this to say in opposition to the anti-protractor bill. Uh, We can't have people telling our children what they should be thinking in schools. If I hear any more of this anti-tractor nonsense, we will withdraw our support for state-funded education. Eastern Australian firefighters are trying out a new method of keeping us safe from fires this summer, letting the bush do its own backburning. Well, we are just kind of 
Put it on the back burner. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure she'll be right. And more on the hot weather now, and it's still very hot. Or at least that's what I'm told. We've got air conditioning in here. Have you ever noticed how many places in this country don't have air conditioning? It's ridiculous, we're in Australia for God's sake. Anyway, we crossed to Preston Barkley at Dundee Beach in Stirling's East. I'm here at Dundee Beach where it's hot. Lots of people swimming, lots of dropped ice cream melting on the pavement. We're not currently sure where all these people came from, given that it's a weekday. This is an evening broadcast. This is, of course, an evening broadcast, however, so they may have come here after work, a time when, customarily, people are not occupied with their professions. In further information, it's still very hot. One person I spoke to blamed Daylight Savings Time. It's Daylight Savings fault, storing all the heat up. The Bureau of Meteorology has issued a new statement confirming that it is indeed still hot, while reassuring Sterling citizens that it will in all likelihood be less hot after the sun goes down later this evening. And to comment on the day's temperature, we turn over to our unbiased political commentator, Timothy Jock. When I'm out at Stirling Stadium in the members' box being seen watching the cricket on a burning November morning, people sometimes turn to me and say, Tim, isn't global warming to blame for all this heat? And after I've mocked them for obviously supporting Maoist atrocities, I say that one caveman probably said the same to his associate at the end of the last ice age. The fact is... It's a natural process, and the Earth's getting cooler anyway. How else do you explain refrigerators? You can't. Leftist scientists can't. Besides, what's more Australian than enjoying a cool stubby of beer on a scorcher of a summer day? Maybe they'd all prefer vodka in Siberia. Besides, you'd have to be some kind of weak limp-wristed, pansy-boy-girly man to be affected by this heat. I welcome it, the same way I welcome tax reform. I'm Timothy Jock. And in the interest of balance, we now turn over to our other, equally unbiased political commentator, Bernard Pass. I'm just sick of the hegemony. Just sick of it. Had it up to here. If it wasn't so bloody hot, I might be able to put up with it, but, well, that's the way they're destroying themselves... Pump all that CO2 into the atmosphere, make it too bloody hot, make it so that we can't take it anymore, that'll be their undoing, as soon as it cools down a bit. The overwhelming majority of scientists agree that climate change is real, but have you read that study showing that people like you and I, people who see the world how it really is, are more intelligent than those on the other side? Pretty telling. If there's one thing that's going to get us the equality we want, it's realising and acknowledging that those of us who want equality are much smarter than the rest. We can take some comfort from that in this heat. I'm Bernard Pass. In a final political item, if you were expecting any shocking revelations about the Brad Henry state government of the 1980s today, you may be disappointed. We go live to Harold Hughes to see if he's found anything. Harold, how's the dirt digging going? Found anything yet? No. And some more after this from our sponsors. Do you like public speaking? Want more people to follow you on social media? 
Do you have a very strong opinion on subjects and won't yield to conflicting evidence? Ever killed a man? A career in politics may be for you. Come into your local party branch to find out how you can better serve Sterling and Australia. Leave no evidence. An intergalactic battle for human survival. The trials of a young wizard. What about the story of a woman making her own way in the world? Or some classic Australian literature? Go on an adventure of the imagination. Come to your local library. Please. Pretty please. Don't stop reading. In the future, the world is in danger, and it's up to you and your subscription-paying friends to kick some alien ass. Why go outside when you can simulate a killing spree? Screw books. This is the only way to play. Alien Killtastrophe. Play it now. More now on our story on TV being dead. It appears that Hollywood may also be dying as more reports come in that there are no good movies coming out for the next ten years. And now a full response by senior entertainment correspondent Alex Fink. Uninspired. Thanks for that, Alex. A Japanese man who was trapped in a virtual reality game has woken up for the first time in six weeks. The man, who was reportedly a beta tester for this experimental game, can no longer distinguish between the game and the real world. I'm pretty sure this is just the next level of the game. I mean, the graphics are terrible and the storyline is really bad. Huh. I was expecting someone sounding a bit more Japanese. I think we all just learnt something about stereotyping. The Shadow Minister for Education has proposed that cats should be officially named as man's new best friend after his dog ran away. His government counterpart, Education Minister Slim Pickings, responded. The ironic aspect to this proposition is that cats never really love you. They use you and leave you. Just like the opposition. And my ex-wife. The Church of TBA is opening up a new tax castle in the suburb of Howard. The plans are not being protested, as white people are not afraid of other white people. But how white is the Church of TBA? I spoke to one of the original founders of the church, and level 10 embezzler Penny Taker, to find out more. Mr. Taker, what can you tell me about the Church of TBA? Well, originally we stumbled upon the idea of starting a church when we were looking for a tax break or some kind of loophole. Turns out we didn't even need to name the church to qualify, hence TBA, to be advised. And how has the church developed since then? As it turns out, there is a lot more money you can squeeze out of running an operation like this than we ever dreamed of. We saw how that American celebrity church scams people out of money by letting them level up within the organisation, so we decided to do that as well. Only, we had so much fun with it that we decided that the church should be less of a money-making scam and more of an elite club that does live-action role-playing. Now the Church of TBA stands for... Church of the Broken Armor. We meet every week, have a cool backstory, costumes, and it's all still tax-free. A man, who wishes to be referred to as Eternal President Emperor General Trousers, has commandeered a floating garbage island and set it to anchor just outside of Stirling Harbour. 
Eternal President Emperor General Trousers has declared the Garbage Island to be a micro-nation by the name of New Tasmania. Acting Assistant Deputy Police Vice Commissioner Alistair Daniels had this to say. Sterling Police are well aware of this incident, event, or as it could be said, situation. We do not recognise the independence of New Tasmania and reject the authority of General Trousers. Sterling Police will mobilise and resolve this matter as soon as we acquire some police boats or maritime vehicles. In the meantime, our legal department is investigating if this garbage island should be classified as property, in which case it will be seized, or as a boat, in which case it will be sent back to Indonesia. Eternal President Emperor General Trousers responded. Some final news on the heat now, and we go back to Preston Barkley. Preston, can you explain to us why we threw to Archie Duster originally, but the next time we had a segment on the heat we went to you? Well, there's a good explanation for that, Walter, and that's because Archie fainted earlier today. It seems as if the heat and thirst was getting to him. It's a shame some malevolent person, probably trying to deny him airtime, emptied out his water bottle while he was in the toilet. Such a shame for an inexperienced special reporter just trying to have a go. Don't you agree, Walter? Uh, Yes, I suppose it is. In any event, the sun is going down. This is causing the sky to go a purply red colour. It's also a little less hot. The Bureau of Meteorology issued a further statement declaring that it will get even more or less hot, although we can still expect a warm evening. This is because, to quote their report, the Earth's heat isn't something you just turn on and off like a tap, you know. Supposedly, the coolest moment will be just before the sun comes up and starts warming everything up again tomorrow, so it might be worth waiting until 5am or so before going to sleep. Why not try Moctezuma's Aztec coffee to help with that? This is Preston Barkley for EARFM, and not some wet-behind-the-ears kid who is basically an intern. And as it's the end of the week, let's check in with you and find out what's on the minds of the people of Stirling. Well, it's not been a bad week per se, but the weatherman was wrong. Or maybe that was because I'm a Sagittarius. The thing I'm concerned about is the bank, you know, with interest rates and all... And unemployment, the super rich, they control the government, and that's so ineffective. And I mean, the world's getting hotter, sun will expand, destroying the earth, on the eventual heat death of the universe. So there's that. Well, with enough coal power, we could move Australia a little further south. That way we can better protect our nation's border. I mean, I'm not a racist, but... And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Walter Conrad, this is Sterling, and that was the news. Good night. Episode 3 of The Burn and White News was created, written and performed by Alastair White and Lachlan Byrne. The music was written by, and the music and the role of Joel Jimond were performed by, Gordon White. The motion to rename the news The Swen in the Southern Hemisphere has been defeated by 99 votes to 1.